Have you ever been face down in the toilet at 4am, spewing up your guts, thinking to yourself, I can't do this again? Or maybe you've waited 55 minutes in the rain outside a pub to meet a dealer, just to find out he ain't coming. Broken bones, empty wallets and lost friends. With big nights come big regrets. And hey, we're not here to judge. We've had some absolute howlers in the sesh ourselves, but now we're trying to draw the line. I'm Jamie. And I'm Tom. And we're two old friends who, after over 30, that's harrowing, Tom, (laughs) combined years in the music industry, have decided that change is upon us. It's been hard, but it's very possible. And that's why we started this podcast to be your support for a life free from the naughty stuff. Join us each episode as we interview celebrities, musicians and influencers about cutting down on substances from their lives. Hear about how they did it, their motivations and how they're coping. We aren't here to preach. No judgment, no rights or wrongs, no censoring. This is just an honest account of people changing their relationship with alcohol. Welcome to They Think It's All Sober. They think it's all over. It is now. Well, <laughs> say what you see, Thomas. Well, it's a beautiful morning in Ibiza. It is. Yeah, and I think if you could hear that background noise, uh, that would be it's the a sound of pills being popped. <laughs> <laughs> now we're sat on a Playa de Bossa, looking out of the ocean. It's early morning, sun's rising, the waves are out. It's beautiful, isn't it? And we're it? not meant to be sat in this beach club because they're not <laughs> open yet. <laughs> it's good. This is like a really interesting time for Ibiza, isn't it? Because most people who have been in the clubs have rolled in probably like six or seven. Yeah. There's a couple of people that are still up. Yep, there are. Quite more than a couple. <laughs> the group chat's <laughs> popping. You always know it's a bad group chat when someone puts view once on the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the group chat's been non-stop. It's been non-stop, but it's been great. And all your friends have welcomed me into their into their humble bosom <laughs> with aplomb. But um, how are you enjoying your stag, mate? Yeah, it's been really good. It's quite intense. I'm going to put that out there. Yeah. I'm not sure if part of it is because I've like, organized my own stag yeah but you've also like you've had work like you had a show yesterday which was amazing supporting joel cory at i'd be for rocks which was sick and you smashed it but you've also got that subconscious thing as well i guess of like stag party friends sobriety and then having to go and dj for an hour and a half yeah definitely a certain amount of pressure doing that and yeah there is an element of work because you know i have to like thank the promoter for allowing me to turn up with 20 three lads <laughs> um yeah. it's normally a promoter's nightmare i'm like hey mate um you know really looking forward to the show by the way it's my stag do and i'm bringing <laughs> 23 boys with me <laughs> yeah that said though i was so surprised when i met all your friends at the airport and realized that nine of us don't drink yeah like that's a that's a fucking lot of people it's really interesting isn't it because it feels like go back three years yeah and that number would probably have been one yeah and i think I mean, I dread in the nicest way because I know it would have been fun, but I dread to think what chaos would have ensued. Yeah. I don't think we would have heard from many people this morning, that's for sure. No, I mean, I certainly wouldn't be awake. No, 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 no. Or maybe I would be, but I wouldn't have slept. Also, massive props to Ivy Rocks and the promoters because they had non-alcohol beer, was flowing yesterday, water was there, so many soft drinks. Again, comes back to what we were speaking about in the festival episode. If the access to that zero was there... Even some of our friends who I think are pretty new on this journey, everyone just felt so comfortable just being able to bosh, bosh a zero and feel good. Yeah, so yeah, big ups, big ups Pat Nazemi, 
and um, the crew. Yeah, just for, you know, he was very aware that there was a non-drinking crew coming and, yeah, yeah they made sure they were well stocked. So yeah, nice. Yeah, it was really good, but it definitely felt some some pressure. And like I say, I think it's just mixing work with pleasure. And hopefully today I'll get to kind of chill out a bit more. We've got, um, you know, a nice day planned here, actually, this afternoon. Oh, like coming back to the scene of the crime. Yeah. And Very nice. Out on a boat this evening, doing the yeah, little mambo that- sunset. That'll be interesting because you can't escape a boat <laughs> unless you're a very good swimmer. Unless you're Michael Phelps, <laughs> yeah, or Ian Thorpe. Say all one and the same. Yeah, one got banned. I think one didn't. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you can't escape a boat. So if uh, if there are some lively geezers on that boat, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely been some like trials and tribulations. I think because traditionally a stag do is like the last hurrah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's normally where all your mates do you over and. I don't think by any means I've escaped it. I've definitely am going to end up wearing a <laughs> just stop oil top on a boat <laughs> this afternoon, and uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> Jesus, probably a dress, a wedding dress coming my way, and I'm resigned to the fact. But that being said, you know, interesting question. Then I guess like for you being the stag here, how do you feel about that? Because like I'd be uncomfortable drunk wearing something ludicrous. I mean, they may or may not do this, but like. How do you feel doing it sober? Because obviously you're so heightened. You're now so comfortable in yourself in sobriety that you're probably less embarrassed by things because you're so confident in who you are. But then equally, there's less of the alcohol to take away the shame when you are actually (laughs) embarrassed about something. I know. I mean, to be honest, it is what it is. I've got like a certain pocket of mates that won't let me get away with nothing yeah i can tell that <laughs> so uh, i can tell that but you know I, I said to them as well i was like listen i have essentially been living a stag do since i've been 16. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my life has been one never-ending stag <laughs> it is and i've done it all yeah yeah I've yeah done absolutely everything that is conceivable when i was drinking from dwarves to you did a dwarf no 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 no, no. but there's been some absolute debauch situations that you've been in and I just like you know what now I'm so bad do I really need to there's nothing I haven't done that's it man I always say like now alcohol completed it drugs Maybe didn't complete it, but I don't need to complete it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Leave the heroin and the meth and the crack at the door. Yeah, we'll leave that there. <laughs> but whilst we're here in Ibiza, I know we yeah. touched on the stag. We don't want to make it a full stag episode. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll touch on it. But I think whilst we're abroad, we should probably touch on trying the journey of sobriety when you're abroad. Yeah. Because we know quite well, being from the UK, how well positioned we are with zero alcohol beers and the zero alcohol range and soft drinks and the catering for it. It's very easy now to be in a restaurant and say, have you got any zero alcohol drinks? Yeah. They normally come back with a whole range of of stuff. But let's talk about being in Spain right yes. now and some of the problems we encountered last night. We did. And there was something actually that's it's happened to me before and I think it was quite telling last night. One of our group, um, six months sober, is it? Yeah, just six over. Six months sober and been through AA and probably one of our friends that I think has done the best actually in terms of recovery and is doing really well and we were in this bar and the woman was amazing she was very hospitable there was what 24 of us that were there so obviously it's a 24 bit... lads welcome in <laughs> yeah welcome in she saw the pound signs to note she didn't have any prices on her drinks mm-hmm. so so fuck knows what she was charging but she probably went <laughs> yep but anyway so we, we we kind of went in and said um as many non-alcoholic beers as you have and made it sure like, you know, sin alcohol, and that means no alcohol in Spanish for those of you that don't know. I'm obviously 
multilinguistic. <laughs> um, and she was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she said, what if I don't have any non-alcoholic beers? She said, I can do you guys some amazing non-alcoholic mojitos. And I think at that point, like, I'll be honest, my gut instinct was like, I'll just drink water. But I think everyone was like, well, she's kind of offering us this, so we'll do it, right? That kind of is what it felt like. Yeah. So then the drinks start to come out and they bring out like some of the drinking lads, beers, pina coladas, rum and cokes, etc. And then the woman who hadn't taken our order brings out a mojito and she says mojito and no one else on the table I don't think had ordered an alcoholic mojito. So one of our friends was like, yeah, 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 non-alcoholic mojito. And I was like, is this non-alcohol? She was like, yes, yes. I was like, non-alcohol. She was like, yes, yes. And then he takes a sip and straight away, you just saw that look in his face, didn't you? That was like, that had alcohol in it. Yeah, and it really rocked him. It did. And he spat it out, like, you know, like washed his mouth out with water. But I think the principle wasn't the fact that he'd taken the, the sip of the alcohol. Even if he'd swallowed it, I think it was that mental effect for him who's done so well to come this far. I think for him in his head, and there's a big part of the psychology on this, of like, he felt, I think he felt like he'd failed, even though it was completely not his fault. Yeah, and, you know, it took him a good sort of half an hour to wrap his head around. But luckily, you know, we were there and just right with him, yeah. and, you know, to be able to have that kind of conversation and talk your way through it. Because, again, we're very privileged in a position where we didn't have to go necessarily through recovery. Exactly. We were able to stop before that. Yeah. And for someone like him who's gone through the recovery process, and it's actually been, like, quite traumatic mm. because... You know, he was drinking for a, heavily for a lot of years and there was lots of carnage and yeah. stuff being there. And I think he associates that with alcohol, with yep. that part of his life yeah, that he yeah. feels like he's leaving behind. So, yeah, I could see that it really, really did rock him and he dealt with it really, really well. And it yeah, was nice for him to have, a, you know, eight other people around him not drinking. They were like, yeah. mate, you know, this is... If not- anything, I think we smothered him. It's like, mate, it's fine. Don't worry. But I, I, it's tough. I remember, I remember like... I was at Elton John, obviously, um, <laughs> if you couldn't tell by the animated version of me that looks essentially like Elton John, um, last summer. And it was at BST High Park and everyone was just drinking those cans of Peroni. Yeah. And I was obviously drinking the Zero Peronis and someone went to the bar, you want a Zero? Yeah, I'd love one. And came back and the cans, are, I, they were identical, man, apart from like a small 0.0. So I didn't clock it, like dancing away, rocket man, living the dream swig straight away you know like you know and i was like that doesn't taste right spat it out looked at the can i was like for fuck's sake and that was just because they hadn't educated the bar staff on what a zero looked like and what it didn't and i'll be honest i was only about four weeks in maybe three and i felt like i failed and you're right because it's like you haven't and again that's only something that our own brains can deal with but i think in that scenario i don't know it's, it's one of those ones where it's like it's not your fault it's not it's essentially the fault of the person at the bar. And last night, I think the key was just going and speaking to that bar owner and being like, look, can we please get some zero beers from somewhere? And bless her, however, by hook or by crook, I think she literally walked up and down the street getting them, but she just suddenly ended up with about 30 free damn yeah, zeros. So exactly. fair play. But it, I can see how it rocked it, man. It was hard to, it was hard to watch actually because I was kind of, I could see that thing in his eyes where he was like, I know this isn't a bad thing, but I know in his head, he was like internalizing it so much. 100% and you know he did really well to come out of it so I think one of the things to kind of pick up is when you're abroad I think there's a few things that you can do to probably make sure that the stuff like this doesn't happen yeah and I think the first thing is when in doubt just get a coke yeah dark coke yeah. water sprite 
that way you know there's going to be no ambiguity about yeah. what you're drinking. Yeah, because even last night, even when the even when the ones came out that were a zero, that she was like, "These are definitely zeros." I was then apprehensive of drinking it because I was like, "Well, what if this one isn't?" And yeah. then you're like, "For fuck's sake!" And I think this is something maybe for like restaurant owners, bar owners as well. What I really don't like is when you order a zero beer and they bring out the beer pre-served yeah, yeah, yeah. without the bottle. Because in my head, I'm like, I haven't physically seen the 0% yeah, beer sign. Yeah, yeah. And it could just be someone's mistake. And a mistake from someone like that is, so a lot of the time now, if someone brings me a glass, I'll be like, sorry, can you bring me the bottle? Yeah. I don't want to be served it pre-served. I want it given to me on yeah, the table. You know I've never thought about that. Because you're right, because again, it comes down to someone's honest mistake, it's an honest mistake, but it's a bit different to someone being like, oh, I don't eat carbohydrates, or do you know what I mean? Like, if someone's not drinking for reasons of recovery, that could really, really set them back. Yeah. That honest mistake exactly. could really fuck them up. No, so I think there's a few kind of takeaway points. I think when in doubt, actually, especially if you're abroad and you're sensitive to it, or perhaps you have been through the recovery process, there could be an argument for just not going for a, a mocktail or, yeah. or any sort of alcohol substitute just to be safe. Yeah. Because, you know, you could end up with an event happening like last night. And whilst our friend was able to deal with it and internalize it and have us around, there could be a situation where someone similar to him has an experience like that that does it. And that's the thing that sets them off. We're lucky. And I consider myself we with your group of friends that I've just met but like even the ones that are getting on it are really sweet I think judging by some of the people I saw at the airport and I've seen out in nightclubs and stuff if that was someone who was sober with a group of friends who maybe you're the only one that's sober and there was that mistake I think that's a very slippery slope to the party oh mate you've already had one don't worry about it let's have another one yeah I think that and that's something again like you're right like just try and do everything you can to not put yourself in that scenario because it I really felt for him last night because I've been there obviously in a very different way because it's a very different journey but like it really took me back to a year ago when I was just in that those initial throes of like I know I want to do this I'm really set on doing this but there's a but right same what you were saying about Reading last year like there's a but like oh I'm early on in this what if it's interesting isn't it and actually going back to said friend because he's very open about it and I I don't think he'll mind us naming him but I won't when we talked um, previously about accountability and how I said on the festivals episode that I was really glad that you were there at Running Festival. Yeah. And I was really glad we were doing this podcast for the accountability side of stuff. His accountability actually is that he and two other of our friends have just started a zero alcohol beer. I tried it yesterday. Yeah. It's beautiful. Really, really good. Called Hoax. Yeah, nice. And Smooth, milky, nice IPA. Really, really nice. So um, whilst we're not... Uh, taking sponsors or anything at the moment um, <laughs> not those know, type of sponsors no, anyway. no 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 we're uh, <laughs> we're free agents so we can uh, and we're very open about what what beers and zero beers and you know substitutes we like but that was really nice and they'll be sending over some codes for our listeners if anyone wants to try it with some discount hoax beer worth a try so look at that mate up. you segued in like a deep <laughs> point into a nice advertisement for a friend but that's what we that's what we do here yeah exactly <laughs> so um, but that's his accountability i think yeah. as well is that you know starting something like that investing time into a zero range is a great thing to do yeah well I, you're right and that's why for us as well with this it's like someone said to me last night like you can't fuck up i'm someone one of your mates i didn't know i was like you can't fuck up now can you, you got a podcast i was like <laughs> yeah i might make for a good episode but <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah. to go back to it <laughs> yeah. i think on the point of holidays as well 
I think if you're doing, I haven't really done many all inclusives in my life, but I, I take myself back to one in Morocco in 2014. That I think could be really hard if you're in this journey, because I think like, I don't think the 0% offerings at those sort of places are there. And I think a lot of them are like, even the place we're staying in now, the Fergus Bahamas in Ibiza is quite like a mid-level hotel. Like, but there we, we don't have all inclusive, but that, there is an option there. Yeah. And you can just see with that, like, it's all like mojitos on tap sangria on tap we had it at breakfast this morning champagne for breakfast is available no, there like, is, yeah. they have got zeros there but it again yesterday when i was trying to explain to her even though i was speaking in spanish might just be my spanish she had to go and look for them so they weren't readily available in the bar so i think like you said yesterday when i was going to buy you a drink and the queue was too long and i couldn't be bothered just have a coke because it yeah. was like i just i just i knew that that process yesterday was going to be more stressful and some countries are embracing it more than others like germany i found when I've been there recently, has really, really embraced it. Czech Republic I was in last weekend had some zeros, but we went to a steak restaurant and uh, in like a wine restaurant steak place. And the guy literally was like, zero beer? What? No, what do you talk about? No, like wine or beer? I was like, no, okay. So I think culturally, there's obviously going to be some places that embrace it fully and some that don't. I'd love to actually... Um, well, you're a good person to ask. You just went. What What was Vegas like? Surprisingly good. Nice. They had a beer called Idols, which yes, I had that out there actually. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, that's been one of the longest zero percent beers that have been running. For real. Yeah, and it was actually a really, really good one. Wow. And I was actually really surprised because, like I said before, Vegas isn't set up to cater. For for sober people no they want to keep you at the casino tables they pump oxygen into the room even being sober i was getting like three four hours sleep a night yeah, max. yeah yeah and then you're back up and you're like oh so it was actually surprisingly good i mean yeah there was a couple of places we went where they're like what <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part i think it's it's pretty good and i don't know maybe we can put try and find some sort of there must be an infographic out there somewhere that details what the different countries different places what yes. they've got um, maybe we just there must be some information online some kind of world map of non-alcoholic i know that actually um my faves lucky saint big up on their website it's very uh uk focused but they've got like a map on their website and you can go on and it says where they sell lucky saint on draft so if you're like with mates and you want to go for a pint pint you can be like all right well we're in manchester you want to go to this bar, but actually this bar around the corner serves Lucky Saint on draft and your mates can actually, you can go there and actually have a pint with people, which would be interesting. Yeah, that's a really, really good idea. I mean, I always feel a bit gutted if I go somewhere now and especially if I go for a meal and they go, oh, we've got no zeros. Yeah. I even went to Hakkasan, must have been like a month and a half ago. You are doing well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like a, uh, some sort of like release meal and went there right. and uh, they didn't have any. Wow. They were like, oh, oh no, hang on. It was more than a while ago. It was in January, right. this particular time. And because of dry Jan, they'd run out. Ah, and, right. Got uh, you. And they weren't stocked enough. Got you. And part of me, when you go for a meal and you're going somewhere like that, where it's, let's face it, it's not cheap. You go to Hakkasan, you know it's going to cost yeah. you a couple hundred quid. I'm like, I want to have a drink. Yeah, I yeah have you a want drink. the drink that you want. Funny you say that. I won't name this club because um, I do a lot of business with them. But um, I had an artist play a very famous nightclub and they're sober and the riders sober alcohol free and as you know in dj world you often don't request the rider until the client arrives right it's not like the bands where the rider's there all day and everyone's grazing on it the 
DJ arrives 10 minutes before showtime, yeah. rolls on stage, has it. So no one have flagged with me any issues. I was like, can we get the rider? They think they're playing at 3 a.m. Can we get the rider at 2.45 when they show up? Sure. Rider comes at 2.45, no zero beers. And it's a big placebo for any DJ artist, I think, that's sober to Mate, if you course. enjoy it. Like that club experience where you probably spent a lot of time off your nut DJing, that zero helps. No zeros. I was like, well, why don't you have zeros? They were like, well, we only supply drinks that we sell in the club and we don't sell non-alcoholic beer in the club. And I was like, right, but it's a specification on the rider. I'm not being a diva here. It's not like I've asked for like 10 scented candles and a puppy. Like, <laughs> so, so the guy's driver, bless him, had to Uber Eats from a fucking co-op in central London zero beers to get to the arts for stage about 45 minutes in and the client was livid and not like angry at me but like I was really wound up at the club because I was like that's that's really poor because again someone who hadn't been a year into their sobriety at that point someone who maybe did suffer from anxiety on stage and this isn't just relating to music this could be anything this could be a wedding speech this could be doing whatever something to do with work or you know an exam like if someone is at the start of that journey and they don't have that option away and I could even like the, the, your friends are great but there was enough of us last night that were sober but like I say if there were people that were on their own in that isolated scenario and there wasn't options like it really does make it easy to make a wrong choice 100% I suppose on the on the subject of holidays I think with everything these days especially in the zero alcohol world and when you're doing I think it's just research isn't it if you're going to go away somewhere and you're looking at a resort send an email yeah Perhaps if you're doing it through like a, a travel company, speak to the holiday rep. Yeah. Say it's an important thing. I think it's probably going to become more of an important thing for companies like <clears throat> First Choice and I don't even know who they are anymore. Tui. <laughs> Tui. Jet that's it. Two. Big up Jess Glynn. Yeah. Come on, hold my hand. <laughs> <laughs> so holidays abroad, Ibiza. Should we touch on um, something quite interesting actually? Yes. Which is like clubbing in abroad until late at night because... What made me laugh last night is I left at about midnight to come back and chill, get some food. You guys were shortly after me. And then our friend in question who had the run-in with the alcohol, who I thought was like wigged out and probably want to go to bed. I've come down for breakfast this morning and they've gone out sober clubbing until 5am. Yeah, I literally left them Fair at like... fucking play. I left them at 1 o'clock. 1am. I was knackered yesterday. Did you guys stay up at the bar when we got back? Yeah, we had. I had a drink at the bar. Yeah. And got to like 1am and I was like, lads, do you know what? And there was talk of it. They were saying, who's on a high? It was Fisher and Salado. Cool. I mean, that's a sick lineup. And to be fair, yeah, two of them weren't drinking. One of them was on it. And <laughs> then the <laughs> next thing I know, I checked my stories this morning and um, I could see the three of them in, in high having it, Mate, having it off. I fucking love that. Because that's amazing. Because I... That's one thing, actually, I think that I maybe have lacked a little bit of in my sobriety is, is my sense of YOLO. And I think my yes. sense of YOLO before was like negative because it was like, and that would have meant that I would have then like come back here, probably picked up a bunch of gear, like gone out, not slept really and, and felt like shit this morning. I have the YOLO in the sense now that I'm like, I'll get up at 6am and go swimming in a river or I'll <laughs> like tomorrow, I'll probably be like, Tom, let's climb that mountain. But my nightlife YOLO has has dwindled a little bit, so I'm jealous of that a y touch. Yeah, I, to be honest, I think I would have done it if I, today is quite hectic. Yeah, you know, we've got quite. Uh, and again, I have to fucking organise 
you know, paying the boat matey and the rest of it all. So I was just like, do you know what? I was you're your, own, you're your own best man, essentially. I, I know, I know. But to be honest, I want, there was no other way to do it because I know the island so well. Yeah. And a lot of my mates haven't been here before. Yeah. I was like, well, I'll sort it out. I want to make sure everyone else has a good time. So, yeah, but fair play to them. I think they must have just shotgunned a couple of Red Bulls and just gone and had it right off. Mate, I love that though. <laughs> but that's awesome as well because I think like, that one friend in particular as well, like, it's not really his scene either. So he's just, like, fully gone for it. Fair play. Yeah. Really fair play. I think, again, like, that's something where... Because I've got a couple of friends that have gone sober that, like, genuinely fucking love dance music. So they'll happily go out now and do, like, a seven, eight-hour rave or whatever and just be happy drinking water. I'm cool with that. But I think there is obviously this element of, like, we spoke about in the festival episode, so I don't want to repeat myself, but that level of enjoyment for that long when you don't have any enhancing things i think now you have to really make those choices that are right so like if you've got a bunch of friends that are like, oh, come and see this dj and if you're like oh, kind of like them i don't know if i could have that staying power to stay out like till four in the morning yeah without do you know what i mean yeah but then it's just removing yourself from that scenario isn't it being like actually i don't know if that makes sense like tonight for example i won't name the dj but there's talk of going to a club to watch a DJ that I know that I'm not the biggest fan of. So I think like if I swing in, it'll be like hour or two vibe with everyone probably get to the point where it's like 1am. Then I'll be like, ah, okay, cool. I'll, I'll shoot rather than the like crawling out of, you know, that club at five in the morning trying to find a taxi. Yeah. I hear you. But I think it's, it's inspiring in the fact that if you want to go out and do it, you can obviously go and do it. Yeah. And it is possible to, you know, have a day out, do a day club, go out for dinner, have a night out, and then go and party in a super club till yeah, 6 a.m. I, f- I fully rate it. I feel like I'm being a bit dour there. Um, no, <laughs> I fully rate it. But I think I think in, in terms of Ibiza, like, I've been impressed with, I do think there's more stuff here nowadays than when I used to come where you can go chill out, but you can still have that experience of feeling like you're part of it, but it doesn't. I was talking to a friend late last night, actually, and she was like, I don't like Ibiza. I don't like the idea of Ibiza. I was like, yeah, but, there's so much of Ibiza that isn't what you think Ibiza is. 100%. Can I say Ibiza one more time in a sentence? <laughs> is that a record? Okay, I'm going to sell the island now. Do it. This, for me, is the best island in the world. Wow. And I, I will... Better than fucking Britain, mate. What are you on about? What are you on about? <laughs> no, I, I will debate this with anyone. When you say Ibiza to anyone that hasn't been, their pre-assumption is that it's party, it's drugs, yeah. it's drink. Which, don't get me wrong. It is. It is. <laughs> if that's your modus operandi. Nice. San Antonio is the party bit. Yeah. You go there and that's like your the strip. You know, that's where the clubs are, the strip. And, it's, and it smells of crabs. It's a bit of a shit <laughs> It smells of crabs. <laughs> we were there yesterday. I was like, what is this scent? And I don't mean I don't mean the crabs in the sexual sense. I mean actual crab. <laughs> yeah. And don't get me wrong, I... San Antonio is a bit of a shithole, but it's where everything, all the clubs exist. And, you know, if that's what you're doing, you go there, you have a great time, and you get the fuck out. I have come here with my fiance and another couple and had a wonderful time. Yeah. It's old town, most beautiful place. You can go breakfast there, walk around, you know, the castle, all the back roads. Yeah. It is a beautiful island. And then, like, the north of the island. Mate, the north's my favorite bit, man. I was here for, um, friend's 30th last summer and i drove so i just kind of could pop off in my car and that, that's the thing i think if you can come here and you can get a car you will have like one of the best times ever because you can just pop down them little coves 
so many beautiful beach restaurants. The only issue here is if you don't drive and you're drinking, it's getting cabs to places that aren't the main bits. And I think that's why people come here and drink and get cabs basically from club to bar to club to beach to, to club. And they only see that kind of like, one of your friends described it last night actually, is like the four walls. Yeah. Like you kind of feel like you're in four walls if you do that. But if you have the ability to transport yourself around, like I agree. I think, I think definitely in Europe, it's probably my favorite place. Mate, it is. And you can actually... Come, there's a lot of like fitness stuff that, that comes on here. One of our mates who's uh, actually coming on the pod, he is. Mr. Biddle. And now you'll understand why when we say uh, what he's done. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he, he arrived on Monday because he's training for an Ironman. Yeah. And I'm not fucking joking, by the way. I was in Vegas last week and it was 45 degrees one of the days. And the last two days here felt hotter than that. Really it's been well. so humid. Yeah, it's really humid. And on Tuesday, he cycled the entire island. He did 120 kilometers on a bike and then did a 5K run. Yeah, he said, he was telling me about this yesterday and I was like, by the way, there's a geezer wearing a thong there and I fucking rate him. <laughs> <laughs> 70-year-old geezer in a thong. Let's go. Um, he said he'd cycled the whole island and then finished. No, you're wrong. It was a 10K. No, that was yesterday. Oh, what? He did it again? So he did, he did on Tuesday, oh he did God. 120K cycle and 5K run. And yesterday he did a 62K cycle and a 10K run. Jesus Christ, man. And I was like, I've just sweated my ass off walking from the breakfast bit to where we're doing this right now, which is about 200 meters. And I'm drenched. I felt so British yesterday when we landed because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hot weather. And within about 10 minutes, I was like, fuck this. It honestly felt like, like Moroccan, like that North African dry heat. Oh, mate, it's it's bad. But going back to Ibiza, I think for anyone that wants to, to visit, you can actually come here and have a chill time. Yeah. And beautiful island. If you want to do best of both. You know, when I came with my fiance and then another couple, we had four nights here. And the first three, we just did really nice stuff. But last night, one of my friends, um, Hugh Jell, was supporting David Guetta at Ashwire. Nice. So I took us there. And um, that was the last time I actually did MDMA by, wow. by accident. By accident, um, but not in your sobriety. Not in my sobriety. Right, no, this okay. is like um, it was just pre-pandemic, right? And yeah, one of my friends, I got us backstage to the green room. You know, back at Schwire. I've actually never been. So it's just pretty. I mean, it's bigger than a normal green room. Yeah, so yeah. It has like a little DJ booth in there for after parties. But um, nice. I was in there, and because um, it's free drinks, one of my friends I was with, I wasn't aware he actually had anything. But he said to me, he was like, "Mate, can you hold my drink a sec? I'm just going to the toilet." And I've just finished my drink. And I had the same drink as him. I think at the time it was like a, I think it was like a double vodka Red Bull. Right. And um, I remember just looking at his drink and I was like, oh, you know, I want to get on it. So I just backed his drink. No. And um, I went to the bar, it was a free bar. I went up and I was like, I'll just, you know, I'll get two more. Five minutes later, he came back. He was like, yo. And I was like, oh, here you go, mate. Just got another one. He goes, what? He's like, where's my drink? I was like, mate, I finished it. He goes, no, dude, had all my molly in it. All, oh my God. <sighs> I was man. like, oh, so I looked at him, I went, what? What do you mean? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh my fucking God. Because I changed my relationship with drugs a long time before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's when I had my, my boy. I was like, I'm, I chilled right up, like down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe a little bit of bag here and there. But and I remember running to the toilet and like trying to make myself throw up. And it was futile. And then I remember going to Sarah. And I looked at her and went, babe, um, I'm about... <laughs> I was like, and she's, she's never actually been with me when I've been pretty much on anything right um, okay. she's never been into into not she, a bit like yeah impossible. Just non, she's nonplussed yeah and i said to her i was like babe so you're about to see me in the next half an hour to 45 minutes absolutely fucking spangled 
There's nothing I can do about it. There's certainly nothing you can do about it. <laughs> so, um, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. And then um, I remember I was at the bar and I think I was chatting to Alessa and then suddenly I was like, ah. Oh. And um, I went up to my, my mate Hugh Joe. I gave him a big cuddle and went, mate, I've just done a load of molly by accident and I'm probably going to embarrass you so I'm going to leave. Fair. And um, just remove myself from the situation. Mate, that's, a, that's a mature approach though because I think like I've had it sometimes where you see someone in a scenario and I've always... You know, we spoke about it before, but I think being pretty good at that, like, I know when to get the fuck out of here now. Exactly. And um, so bless Sarah. She walked me. I was just walking around playing the bossa for about, I think we walked down here for about three hours, just me chatting shit and be like, I love you so much. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> oh, that's second. so funny. And, uh, you know, doing that. And then, mate, I slept for about half an hour. We had to fly back the next morning. I thought I was going to die. I was like, you know, when you're that feeling that fucked up you're trying to do everything possible to feel better yes so and I, nothing works nothing works i was like drinking all the brockers i'd taken every single multivitamin under the sun orange juice i was like hammering like watermelon oranges dark chocolate every single conceivable thing that i could possibly do to feel better that has helped me in the past and nothing happened right. had a panic attack getting onto the plane and thank god as soon as the plane landed it all kind of alleviated a little bit so MDMA man was was some rough times for me come down wise my I, I have had a very sensitive stomach my entire life I put it down to sort of like subconscious anxiety when you were younger you didn't know, know what it was but um yeah always man like the next day I would be violently ill for just out I, I I stopped doing that maybe 10 years ago like I never did a lot of it but it just similar to you man it just absolutely sent me fucking west mate it's it's a bad one so yeah that was the last time I did it and that must have been for just before the pandemic, so yeah. four years ago. Nice. Something we should probably mention, actually, speaking of like Ibiza holidays and drinks, is be fucking careful. Yeah. Actually, even if you're not sober, people do fuck around with your drinks. Yeah. I mean, everywhere. Saw a thing the other day about, um, I think it was the Isle of Wight Festival banning single use vapes because people have been putting some kind of date rape drug into single-use vapes and then giving them to people. I mean, it's a scary oh, world out there. And it's, look, it's always been scary, but I think just really look after yourself because you just, you can't trust the people a lot of the time. Yeah, exactly. It's just having your wits about you. And I think you, you're going to, by default, more if you're on that kind of sobriety journey. Um, but yeah. yeah, definitely have the wits around you. And like I said, what you made an interesting point earlier, sin alcohol. I think if you can learn the language of zero alcohol, because yeah. here, if you say... Uh, do you have any zero alcohol or no alcohol? They don't understand. And yeah, I've noticed that if you say zero percent or zero alcohol, they just they all they hear is alcohol. Yeah, and this is our this is our general British ignorance that we assume that everyone should learn yeah, our language so and, bang on, man. and uh, you know. But unfortunately, I think if you want to go and have zeros in any country, try and learn the local dialect for it. Just like you would say, you know, hello, thank you. And Nine alcohol. <laughs> yeah. There you so, go, see. Um, the lessons. We're like Duolingo, mate. Yeah, that's it, mate. But yeah, I mean, I think I think from the alcohol perspective of being abroad, like, it is tough, isn't it? Like, especially when you come somewhere like this, you do realise that it is a very different perspective. And I know when I came on that, that 30th last year to Ibiza, like, I went to the supermarket and just stocked up because I was just like, I'm just going to almost take, I'd take a backpack with me if we were going to the beach because you just can't trust places to not... And, it's difficult because I would love to get to a place where, and I kind of am, I can do it if I just drink water, but it really is that placebo of just wanting to be like part of the gang. Mate, 100%. And I think also we have to remember that for a lot of people, holidays is an association with 
a lot of drink. Mm. But certainly when I've been growing up and recent years, especially if you go on an all-inclusive holiday, yeah. our association is wake up, get down, try and beat the Germans to the sunbeds, <laughs> <laughs> and then sit there and just day drink. Yeah. Beers, pina coladas, you know, go out for a nice evening meal, have, you know, some drinks there. So I think it can also, in a journey of sobriety, be quite a challenge and a yeah. test as well. And I, I stopped smoking a few years ago as well. And I still come to somewhere like Ibiza and that's the time that I really miss a cigarette. Do you and think that's like a like a mental association? I think so. And actually, I used to fucking love smoking. Right. And I wish it was because healthy you looked for you. really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it. And I yeah. loved the... I just love the the feeling that you got from after a meal having a having a cigarette or having that first like drink and having a cigarette and looking over the view or being at a really nice like restaurant looking yeah, out yeah. and having it and I still really miss that and that's like another vice you have to deal with when you're you're so I mean I used to smoke like thirty cigarettes a day Jesus man so it was it's bad and, you know that's probably why I could never run more than like a kilometer <laughs> <laughs> I feel so blessed I've actually never had a cigarette in my life good on you I've had a toke like drunk give me that like when i've been bizarrely when i was an mdma smoking seemed to be something that tasted good like i'd be like give me a toke but i've never in my entire life smoked a cigarette mate my How mental is that my like trajectory of like drink drugs and smoking was really weird because i was first of all like weed from like right. 15 16 didn't really get into drinking properly until i was like 19 20 and then i stopped last time i smoked weed was when i was 19 wow and I thought cocaine was way better. Yeah, man. Class A's will get the fuck out, as I always used to say, at the depths of me being an idiot. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then it was, it was just that for a long time. And um, smoking was very on and off for me. I think from like 20... I don't think I actually started smoking properly cigarettes until I was like 23. Wow. And then I smoked for a few years, stopped for a few years, smoked for a few years. And now I've, I haven't smoked in like... Kicked it all, man. A picture of health. You should see Tom. He's looking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking beautiful. Thanks, mate. It's still a bit of work to go, but, you know, I wanted to... And I think I said when I was earlier this year, I wanted to... It's my birthday in two weeks. Ah, is it? Yeah, nice. and I wanted to... The big 3.5 or the big 3.4? Big 3.5. Yeah. So I wanted to reach my mid-30s, 35, and feel the best that I've ever felt. Nice. And I'm nearly there. Mate, that's good. I'm nearly there. I still get the occasional, like, pang of anxiety and yeah. I think my anxiety comes from it's like two pronged I think I have anxiety now not so much about it used to be about me and all of the kind of physical ailments I felt from mm. pretty much repercussions of the sesh yeah, yeah so yeah. heart palpitations lack of sleep just general not <laughs> sense of like impending doom the whole time from just being fucked yeah and that is pretty much gone my anxiety now is more related to am i being a good dad right do i have balance i'm not gonna lie i mean i've been away this week would be four out of five weeks i've been away yeah. from sarah and zach and i'm like that's a long time to be away from my boy who's five yeah and trying to i'm constantly thinking do i have the balance right am i doing the right thing and that comes into play more than anything else now it's like and then I have to kind of have the conversation with Sarah and people around me and they're like, no, you're doing the right thing because actually what you're trying to do is ultimately going to give everyone a better life. And what yeah. I have been making sure I've been doing is when I have been home, having way more time where I'm like, cool, I'm back. I'm going to have a week off. Yeah, Here, I'm yeah, going to have yeah. a week's holiday. And actually I kind of thought, 
you know, most people probably get what four or five weeks annual leave. Yeah, I've this year, and I know it's because I'm getting married in December as well. I'm going to take some time off. But I would have had like eleven or twelve weeks off. Yeah, and I think that's been one more productive for work, having more time off. Because when you work creatively, you can burn the candle, and actually you can go cool. I've been and done twenty sessions in two weeks. But actually, if you're burnt out and you're not writing well and you're not being yeah. creative, what's the fucking point? So more time off has been more productive. So that's been like one prang of my like anxiety. I think it's just been around my kid and missing him and that's kind of triggered some stuff. And the second one is just being in music. But I'm resigned to the fact that being in the music industry, being a producer, being a writer, it's like being in the casino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just as an example, like recently, I've had a song on hold for one of the biggest artists in the world. I've done 33 versions of the song. Wow. I've been working on it for two months and it was meant to be coming out on Friday and now there's no confirmed release date. Artist is like, you turned on it and that in, in itself is like, you're thinking, oh shit, if this comes off, it's going to be the biggest thing in my career. Then you think like, this is going to kick this, this and this off and then suddenly it's all like taken away from you and I think nothing, for those of you that aren't from the music industry, this is, it's just part of the job and yeah. nothing's actually done until it's out on Spotify and you yeah. see it and well, and then I, you still don't get paid for a year afterwards. Oh, yeah, at least. And uh, yeah, so I think that's just the nature of the, the industry we're in. I have to just accept that that's how it is. But Interesting you talk about anxiety there because you just flagged something that I think we're where we're quite different. I get anxiety if I take time off. Interesting. Because I think I'm letting my clients down. Right. If I take time off, I took time off the other day to spend time with a friend. I helped them move house. And I literally felt like, and this is a me thing, but I felt like my clients were sat at home wondering what the fuck I was doing. And it gives me this like overwhelming sense of like crushing guilt. And it, it's my biggest flaw, I think. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to make that better because I would love nothing more. And I'm going to try in August actually, because I've just gone through a bit of a personal thing and I want to have some time to kind of take stock. And I'm going to try and just do like four or five days in like Portugal and just like remove myself a bit. But I know that'll work and it's not because I'm like oh look at me I'm working hard I just don't know how to not and, interesting. and I think like even when I was boozing and getting fucked up like I just can't switch off with work yeah. and maybe it's because I run my own business maybe it's because I've got mouths to feed maybe it's because I'm a muppet I don't know but I, my anxiety my root of anxiety comes from the idea of thinking I'm letting people down it's interesting it's a huge but, thing for me man yeah and I think you know coming from someone that is an artist and has a manager who was here yesterday and you know amazing he's actually on a journey of sobriety at the moment as well yeah he flew out and he was like listen I'm, i can't do three nights but i'm gonna come out for a night and yeah, um yeah. great guy but he's very much the same and even when he goes away he'll be on whatsapp be on message but mate you need to take a break yeah, I know. you've got <laughs> you've got fucking people that are there that yeah. if you need to delegate and deal with stuff and, you know, you honestly need to do it. And from an artist's perspective, we don't sit there and go, what the fuck's Jamie doing? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why isn't he responding? I know he's on holiday. Why is he having a holiday? We're like, man, this guy works really hard. He deserves, yeah. he needs a break and he'll be better for it. Everyone needs a break, mate. And there's no, there's no expectation from, you know, on the artist side of stuff. Things will be taken care of. And you would always put measures in place that things are taken care of. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's fully, I, honestly, I'm I, so hyper aware it's fully a me thing. But it was just interesting <laughs> when you were saying about, like, you reduce your anxiety by taking time off with your family. 
which is the right way to look at it. I'm like, I reduce my anxiety by working 24-7, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is just mad. But um, It's interesting, man. And perhaps, like, I, I think I can actually relate. But before having Zach, I was probably like, shit, I should be out there working rather yeah. than taking a break. But, you know, I think every, everything changes for me. Everything changed when I had him. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, that was for me the first time I realized there was something more important than myself. So what you're saying is... I need to have a baby. <laughs> right. Who's on, this, who's on this beach? Let's have a look around. <laughs> Mate, you're in the right place. Maybe the guy in the thong. <laughs> Dear me. Yeah. Um, it's getting busy here now, actually. It is getting busy. Although I really wish they'd come and given us a coffee. I know. I might flag someone in a second because I'm mm. really... I, well, ironically, speaking about what we're speaking about, I've got a work call <laughs> in 20 minutes. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> That's what, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, we're having an amazing time. Tom's smashing his stag. Sober. I am so fascinated by the fact there's nine of us like really really was a friend of mine yesterday was like oh how are you gonna find it sober stags chaos i know tom's there blah 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 and i was like mate like i talked to more people that are sober than than that aren't <laughs> like it's mad mate it's crazy and even the bar in it yesterday was like um i went and saw the the bill at the end and she was like uh why is so many uh no drink and i was like <laughs> we all got way too fucked up <laughs> yeah 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 and uh, she goes really i was like yeah yeah like we definitely cooked it too much and uh, yeah i think for probably seven of the nine people that were there um it was predominantly from being overcooked and yeah. needing to change and it's interesting though man because then when you talk to someone that's not sober instantly someone yesterday was like oh like i mentioned something about like if we'd been doing this stag do four years ago that we probably wouldn't have like you know we would have got back probably got a load of packet and not made it out last night and then gone out later and they were like, oh, did you just sit in your room on your own doing gear? I was like, no, ne <laughs> never that bad. It's just like, it was that thing. I think if we'd done yesterday, you'd done that show, we'd picked up a load of gear. We would have gone back to the hotel, probably stayed getting on it for like four or five hours in the hotel, not gone out to the old town and had a nice time. And then some people would have gone to the club. And then some people, probably me, and about four others would have sat in a hotel room playing tunes, chatting shit till like four in the morning. And not seen any of this beautiful island. I know. But that's that four wall thing that comes into it again, right? 100%. And I'm just going to take a minute to say that like, I'm so eternally grateful for the decision I made, probably coming on 17 months ago, to not drink anymore. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to take a minute and go, this is the best fucking thing that I've ever done in my life. Yeah. And yeah, I miss bits of it. But to actually be here right now, having this conversation, looking on the beach, <laughs> just chilled out. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I just thought that as well, man. I looked out and I was, I actually got this nice little, the opposite of a pang of anxiety, like a pang of warmth. Sometimes they get confused with each other. <laughs> but like, how fucking lucky are we to, yeah, it's, to be doing this? It's amazing. And I, you know, I just want to stress that for anyone that's on this journey, you will know already what we're talking about. But for those of you that are thinking about it and just curious, I still to this day, swear, it's the single best decision that I've ever made yeah. and will continue to make. I single-handedly can say, I go to bed at night now and I close my eyes and I think about how exciting the future is as opposed to how much I hate the past. Yeah. And that, for me, has been the single best, most beautiful thing because I used to lay in bed, even if I wasn't drinking or drugged up, just in that whole time. And you go to bed and you might close your eyes and it might be like oh why did this happen or why did that happen or why did this person not love me and now I go to bed and I think close my eyes and I, th I think about all the wonderful people in my life and the life that I've got that's nothing to do with money that's something to do with success that's just to do with like human 
element. And that's been a massive thing for me as well, man. I really realized the last probably three weeks, actually, since I've met some quite interesting people, it's like all the things I used to think meant something to me, like whether it was like designer clothes or the nice car or the extension I put on my house or whatever. All right, they're nice things. But actually, I've come really full circle back to like me as a kid, which is like just being so happy. Sobriety's brought me back to like the purest form of myself, which is just like be happy with having a roof over your head, food at your table and the best people around you. Nothing else fucking matters. 100%. And I would say that I completely agree. I think it takes me back to a certain feeling and headspace that I probably had when I was like 13. Yeah. Where, yeah, there just wasn't any of that mess and confusion. You just live in the present and you're learning and you're, you know, you're wanting to, you know, learn and experience new things. And yeah. that's kind of that feeling's return of like, yeah, I want to do all this stuff. And exactly. We should just say big thanks to everyone again because, you know, yet again, like, I don't know, it just feels really special, doesn't it? Everything feels nice and the community's building and, the train is non-stop. It is. And the messages we're receiving continue to be very, very positive. And people reaching out for a lot of advice as well. Yeah. Which, like I say, we're not necessarily the right people to do it, but we have, we can give advice. We have Gibbs on board to be able to help with those situations yeah. and do the questions. You know, it feels like we are building a nice little community and we're going to bring it all together with some live stuff in the flesh stuff. We are human form. Yeah. You can see, look, look us in the eye and tell how sincere all of this has been all along. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're looking forward to that. That'll be announced in the, in the next few weeks, I guess. Um, and also what I'm really excited about, and obviously I won't give away any guests, but we're starting to connect. Because I think this is the interesting thing. Like when I went sober for the first year, I didn't really feel like I was part of a sober community. Like I had my like friends that were sober, but I didn't feel like, I didn't realize there was this almost like upper echelon, upper tier of like sober warriors that were online. So we've started to connect with a few of them, haven't we, sort of via yeah. the Instagram. So we've got a couple of those sort of amazing influencer-type sober leaders, I guess I'd call them, coming on the pod in the next few months, which is really exciting because I think that'll open us up to a whole new community as well, which I don't think we really thought about with this podcast. I think we thought, like, we'll talk about our experience and then maybe if people we know are on the journey or people that they know are on the journey, maybe they'll kind of come on board and I just I don't know there's just this huge it feels like there's this huge new wave of this sober curious sober movement like really taking hold which is great yeah it's fantastic and <clears throat> I think we need to stress as well because we have had a couple of comments of people saying perhaps our story doesn't necessarily resonate with them and that is the whole point of getting guests on board we yeah. we can only sort of lead and narrate this podcast via our own experiences which is predominantly music entertainment based yeah. And a lot of the people that we pull on, we're trying to reach different pockets of, of people and audiences. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think, I think that's key. And look, if anyone is out there that thinks that Tom and I are sort of glamorizing our journey or not everyone is in a position where they're in guest areas or whatever, like we are so aware of that. And if that ever does come across like, you know, we, we aren't recognizing that privilege, like please do say, because I think the, the one really important thing for us on this is to make sure that we are recognizing that. And, we, and, I, and I did try to put that across on the festival episode in particular where, you know, I know it's easier for people that have access to maybe safer spaces and whatnot. But, you know, we really do want this to just be something for everyone. And yeah, like Tom says, it would be more insincere for us, I think, if we made this or we were telling stories from, well, I don't know, just not telling our truth because the whole point of sobriety is telling your truth. Well, exactly. You know, that's, that's exactly right. You know, we're, we're still learning, you know, doing this pod for us was, it's our first ever time 
doing this together. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Our it was our first time. The prologue was our first time actually speaking speaking <laughs> about our experiences yeah. together and what we went through. So yeah. there is there is room for error. And, and uh, yeah. I would also say <clears throat> there'll be episodes where Tom and I will dive into maybe our childhood and the journeys that we've been on to get to this point. And I think I'm aware of where I am now and from the outside in that looks successful. But I think there's a hell of a lot of stuff that people probably don't know about both of us from when we were young that were definitely not from positions of privilege. No. And it's, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, we, 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 we really resonate with wanting feedback, so please do. And that was one of the comments we got last week, so we just wanted to address that. Yeah, I just want to say that I'm very grateful to be here and be here, right here, right now, in the words yeah. of Fatboy Slim. Mate, exactly. <laughs> King of the island. By the way, watch that documentary if you haven't. I haven't. Right here, right now. It's amazing. It talks about when he, and to be honest, I'm, you know, seeing someone that's in the dance space, I didn't realise fully that he really was the first superstar DJ. Here we go. <laughs> um, you know, and they talk, it's about the time where they put on the show in, in Brighton. Yes, on the beach. On the beach. And um, the council, even though Fatboy Slim and his team paid for it and said they paid for whatever needed, the council only planned for 60,000 people to be there. And they refused to believe that a DJ could pull any more than 60,000 people. 250,000 people turned up. Wow. And it was fucking mayhem. And, you know, all of the services were like completely overrun, overshadowed. And, you know, it was, it was like a semi-success of the actual show. But the... It was chaos, bro. And it's well worth a watch. Oh, mate, that's um, amazing. So um, He's a, he's a le I like, talk about people, ideal people on the podcast. He's like up there in the top five for me. Probably number one, actually. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him on at some point. We'll get him on. Listen. We'll get him on. I'll... Listen, Norm. Yeah. If you're listening, brother. <laughs> we'd love um, to have you on. We'd love to have him on. There's some amazing people, actually. Like That Tom Holland thing actually is probably worth mentioning. I don't know if you saw his interview did, yeah. the other day, which is great. I did make the amount of tags we got from our little community saying, like, get Tom Holland on the pod. Whilst I respect and understand that all of you and may admire think the that, ambition. <laughs> that Tom and I might be linked up with Hollywood A-listers, I would safely say that, uh, yeah, <laughs> Tom Holland might be a little bit out of our reach, but we will... Uh, uh, we will do our best. Yeah, never say never. Never say never. I think that's probably yeah, us I think from it, my beef for town. I think it is. I think the general point of this episode was probably to just to highlight non-alcoholic drinks abroad. Yeah. You know, we've touched base on that. Um, and my chronic anxiety of overworking. <laughs> <laughs> you better go and do your cool, mate. I'm, I'm clock watching, man. No, no, but... um. Mate, it's been beautiful, and thank you for having me on your stag. Thank you for mate. Thanks for coming, being a great partner on this podcast, and thank you to all of you guys. Like, it's mad. Like every episode brings something different, and I think that's what's exciting. Whether it was like the depth of Rory, like just the succinct, beautiful nature of Simon, yeah, the amazing and and brilliant Rob, Jimmy from Running Punks. It's all just like it's all just felt really great, hasn't it? And everyone's brought something different and. Exactly. We've got so many people lined up. It's uh, we need to we need to work on our fucking calendars again because we we did really well of like boxing off the first six, really succinctly, and then you went you had to go to Vegas, <laughs> um, and then now we're playing playing catch up. But that's what's great because we can we can move and we can see what you guys react to, and you know we can work out what the best next steps are. I think so. Yeah, and we've got some great guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. Unreal. Um, we've got three episodes to record over the next couple of weeks. We do, which I'm really excited about. So, yeah, we've got some great guests coming your way. We've got some people whose followers are in the millions. We do. And that's quite exciting. It is. So, um, well, thank you very much. Live and direct from Ibiza. Play at Embossa, baby. And Embossa and uh, off off to wear a wedding dress on a boat, I suppose. Yeah, God, I forget <laughs> that's today. God. Right, love you all. Stay safe, be kind to yourselves, and, uh, yeah, 
See you soon. Ciao. Bye.